0: hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the netflix and Swell podcast your source for uh, bitching about there not being any toilet paper on the planet i'm caleb
1: and i fortunately have stores of toilet paper and by stores i mean like maybe nine rolls so we're, we're okay i'm not one of those assholes that you know steals all the toilet paper and then walk up to the 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 a stalking boy and be like hey where's the toilet paper and he goes what the fuck is toilet paper <laughs> how are you friend
0: well aside from my unwiped ass I'm pretty good
1: you should uh look into getting a bidet attachment for your toilets I can tell Vanessa didn't like that
0: Van- yeah Vanessa has opinions about yeah, that yeah she was like oh hi Vanessa <laughs> oh um
1: Days. I don't want water in my ass.
0: Uh, yeah, what else? I, uh, I had a nice surprise this week. Oh, I God. had my 30-day, uh, I guess my company does, like, employee retention bonuses, so I got a 30-day bonus of $700. God
1: damn! I wish I had a retention bonus.
0: Yeah, and apparently I get another one at 60 days and 90 days. And then after that, I have to start earning my money.
1: Uh, so uh, we had a, a town hall meeting at my job, uh, which was basically just like a recording of the earnings call that they're going to send out to shareholders, which uh, unfortunately they did it before the market totally imploded upon itself. But uh, huh. eighty the the place you work is listed as a competitor to my place of work. So fuck you. I hope you die. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I never I never would have thought of that.
0: But that's... Wait.
1: My company finds your company as a competitor.
0: What does your company do? I don't know what you do.
1: Oh, I do payroll for a construction company.
0: Ah. My, my company is a $4 billion a year company, so... We what? will uh, crush you like tiny ants.
1: I think we're multi-billion dollar company as well so i look forward to the challenge yeah
0: Yeah, that's uh i mean the housing market's going back up so yeah we're all uh we're we're all feeding off the same teat as it were that's a (laughs) horrid image that i just conjured hey uh speaking of suckling at the teat what's your swill
1: can we please get some alcohol into my mouth he hates
0: these cans! Stay away from the cans!
1: Uh I have some Tito's and tonic. That's right. I am moved on from gin for now, and I am drinking Tito's. I don't know why. I was just like, eh, I want a vodka tonic. Who gives a shit? It, Tito's. Twenty dollars for a fucking fifth, it's fine. Yeah, but I like it. It's uh I didn't put any lime in this, but
0: Yeah. Well, I broke quarantine and ended up getting the Corona. That's right. Corona extra. La cerveza mas <laughs> When
1: did Paul get on the podcast? What's the Spanish now?
0: <laughs> uh, how is it? Uh, could do with a lime. <laughs> Shock. awe, oh, Can't believe. Yeah. I, uh. I don't know, I made the suggestion that uh, we should try to cross-infect the people who have coronavirus with Lyme disease, but...
1: I don't know if that would go over well.
0: I I think that's one of those things that I find amusing, that no one else really finds amusing.
1: Well, yeah, someone posted a meme in a, a chat that I'm in, and I laughed at it, but I'm like, no one else would laugh at this because no one else's sense of humor is this dark. So, it, it it is what it is. What? I wonder what chat it was. I'm trying to remember now. Maybe it was on Facebook. Uh, regardless, uh, let's not have me spend all my time trying to find memes. Let's talk about some news.
0: Oh, shit, it's mail time. Production has halted on Stranger Things and uh, some other shows that are produced in the U.S. and Canada amid COVID-19 concerns.
1: Hooray! I mean, this seemed like it was going to be obvious, based off of like yeah. everything that was happening. Like, I'm not. I'm not surprised at this. Uh, I'd actually be more surprised if they decided to keep production rolling. But
0: right, I tried to take my wife to see The Invisible Man today, and the theater was like, "Hey, we're closing for two weeks." And I was like. Well, fuck. This movie won't be here in two weeks.
1: Uh okay, well that that'll segue me into uh some random news, which is that we're getting some S content from specifically Universal. Like so the Hunt, uh Trolls, World Tour, and the Invisible Man will be available to stream for uh, the weekend. Uh this weekend, uh, the twenty the twentieth of March. Uh so uh for twenty dollars. That's right. For $20, you can get a, a whole movie experience that you could have gone to the movie theater for.
0: I mean, that's about the price of two tickets anyway. Sure.
1: I'm that person that goes to the movies by himself, unless I go with Gerald to see The Invisible Man, in which case <laughs> that that happened, uh, and I did that. But so, like, I I don't know. Like, to me, that seems expensive, but to, like, People who have significant others who want to see movies and uh, children who want to see movies. This is an incredible deal, especially if, like, you have, like, two kids. If you have two kids and you buy Trolls World Tour uh, for $20, that's a fucking steal, considering you probably spend over, like, 50 bucks at the movie theater whenever you take your kids.
0: And you don't have to take your fucking loud kids to the movie theater.
1: Oh my God! Right. I wanted to talk about although this,
0: uh, when when we uh, reviewed Sonic the Hedgehog, that was possibly my favorite moment of the movie. Wherever Sonic got tranquilizer darted, and the kid was like, he didn't mean to kill him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, kids are dumb, but like they'll they'll say some like brutally honest stuff that's that winds up being hilarious. So, eh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of went on like a, a, a mini Twitter rampage about like Netflix taking advantage of the fact that movie theaters are probably going to be closing down here soon because of coronavirus. Uh and it just said like, "Hey, put out some shit that people want to see." Like uh for instance, I, I this is my suggestion for the podcast, but uh put out the first episode of Ozark this weekend. Uh episode season 3 episode 1 of Ozark. Put that out this weekend. Like who gives a fuck? You're putting out one episode. You're teasing people, and you're making them want to come to see your your next thing, or like put out a big movie. But apparently, uh, according to Trump, this is this might last until August. So who the fuck knows?
0: What the fuck? Seriously?
1: Yeah, Trump. Uh, Trump said this might last until August,
0: which oh. like, well, well, it, then it, it's it, almost over because yeah. he lies about everything,
1: <laughs> right? Like it's almost over. So yeah, like. I-, I talked to my dad yesterday and uh I know Nick ha- Nick is uh thinks my dad's an idiot because you know uh my my dad's oven protocol during the summer months but that's neither here nor there. But we were talking about it, it was like all right, if this thing lasts into April, yeah, there's a problem. So like let's let's see what happens if we're in April and there's still issues going on then yeah, well I'll take this a bit more seriously. Like I don't think the disease is that bad. I'm not an expert. I do payroll. Uh, I pay people. That is my job. So I'm not like a CDC expert. But I I think the panic is more dangerous than the virus at this point.
0: I would tend to agree.
1: Hey, thanks, friend. You're the best. But, so yeah. uh, Sorry, I
0: have a mouthful of bagel.
1: Is that bagel shit?
0: Yeah, I just threw it on the ground.
1: Hey, how much is your shirt...
0: Oh, I got this shirt for four ninety
1: nine. Oh, no way. I got this shirt for four ninety nine.
0: These are fucking orange pills.
1: <laughs> I never seen no orange pills before. So Ashley, when we watched when we watched Hectic Knife, Ashley was like I was explained to her, I'm like, you gotta pay attention to these pills because they're actually like they're turning up the saturation on the orange on the pills. So they actually do become orange pills as he continues to talk. She's like, Oh, that's cool. And then she said that about nothing else about the movie because she fucking hated it.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. I love that movie.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it every time I watch it. It just, it just ages like fine wine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the next story is that John Boyega's production company, Upper Room, has signed a production deal with Netflix to produce African original content. So, like, not African-American, African.
0: That's right. Uh I don't know. I I think that John Boyega is a fine young talent. He, like, mm-hmm. I I'm excited to see the post Star Wars things that he creates.
1: I mean, because
0: I I wasn't interested in fucking. What was, what was even the last Star Wars movie called?
1: Ah, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. And I know that because Disney, Disney put that out on Disney Plus along with Frozen 2. So, like, Disney is, like, throwing things on their streaming service in order to, like, incentivize people to come watch. Uh, which I never really completed my thought during uh, the final news story, or the previous news story. But I think that Netflix is trying to take a slow approach to this whole coronavirus thing. Like, assuming that Trump is right, let's assume that for, uh you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Let's assume this continues going until August, taking the slow approach like, like Netflix and just saying, okay, we're just going to keep everything on schedule and you'll just have to come to us because no one yeah. else is putting out other stuff. You know, that makes sense.
0: I'm glad that at least Google's making that website to help diagnose people who have it.
1: Oh, 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 wait. Uh, I'm getting in <laughs> now that it's in early stages <laughs> of development. But yeah, like, oh, uh I know John Boyega's probably not going to be in any of these, but uh it, since you're all at home and doing nothing else, watch Imperial Dreams. Like, if that, sh- if, like, I mean, I know Attack the Block was like his big breakout hit, but like Imperial Dreams is that movie where John Boyega, it's like a character piece for John Boyega to kind of show off and, and like show his talent. So check that out. Yeah. It's on Netflix right now. You're, you're you're staring at your computer screen while you work from home. Like I will be. Uh so so what else do you have to do? Nothing. That's right. Nothing.
0: All right. Uh speaking of doing nothing, Lost in Space has been confirmed for a third and final season to premiere in 2021.
1: Cool. Sexy robot exists still. I don't know. I What? You watched like uh, the first episode or or two? For the first season, and then just yeah, like, eh.
0: and it was really boring. Yeah, I would I would much rather watch the fucking Matt LeBlanc one.
1: <laughs> so like, yeah. Hey,
0: don't don't fucking knock that movie too hard. It's got Gary Oldman in it.
1: I mean, sure. I haven't watched it. I've never watched it. I, I in fact, I've never it's seen anything bad. related to Lost in Space ever. So, yeah.
0: I don't know. It's it's a franchise that was never that successful. That for some reason people remember nostalgically, like Land of the Lost. Didn't wasn't that Will Ferrell who did that that reboot movie, and then The Rock did the yes. the
1: sequel to that reboot movie.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: Why? Why does that exist? But
0: why? But why though?
1: Uh, So, yeah, if you're you're a Lost in Space fan, uh, good for you. I'm glad you get a wrap out to your storyline. As opposed to the OA, which is still canceled as of now. Uh, And and in the back of the the recesses of my mind, I'm still hoping it becomes uncanceled. But we all know that's never going to happen.
0: All right. um, I don't really have any details on this, but this kind of caught my eye. Netflix is making a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the guy that didn't kill himself.
1: Um, so they did like a, a documentary week uh, over on their, their, see what's next account. Uh, let me see if I can pull up anything about this because they were talking about, they did talk about this. Like they're bringing back unsolved mysteries. Okay. So here's what it says. So this is going to be a docu series. Uh, and it will expose horrifying stories of relentless manipulation of sex trafficking. Epstein's survivors serve as a series, as the series preeminent voices, uh, providing powerful testimonials about their experiences and inspiration in their resilience. So, like, uh, interesting. Like, this is one of those things. Like, I, I think it's trying to be like, hey, don't forget about this. Like, yeah, the guy killed himself don't forget about like all the information he had about potential pet, like about all the pedophiles that are in like famous circles.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, what was it Prince Henry?
1: Yeah. Which I have to watch the crown, uh, again, which I will have time to, but I-, I will have to watch the crown in order to understand like who Prince Henry is again. Cause I don't fucking, I don't fucking remember. Also, I'm somehow drunk. Despite the fact that I had one vodka tonic. So that's great. Good job, Body. Huh.
0: You're probably dehydrated. Uh, hit me with the top ten for this week.
1: Sure. Uh so this is from the rap. Uh Netflix didn't actually post a top ten for this week for some reason. I don't know. Maybe they got scared, so they moved in with their auntie and uncle in Bel Air. So, uh, Here's the top ten according to The Wrap. Uh, number one was On My Block, which uh, had its season three premiere this this week. Uh, two was Spencer Confidential. Three was The Lost Girls. Four was Love is Blind. Five, The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Six, The Angry Birds Movie 2, again. Uh, seven, Elite. Eight, Space Jam. Nine, Outbreak, which is the notable one. And then ten, Dirty Money, which is a docuseries about how people uh, get money. Uh, And they're rich.
0: Actually, last I checked, Outbreak had climbed up to number seven, so... Yeah. The memes are practically writing themselves.
1: Uh, Three guesses as to what's going to be our topic for next week.
0: (coughs) Uh, Space Jam.
1: Nailed it. Actually, I would like to see Space Jam again.
0: Angry Birds 2.
1: No. (laughs) No, God, no. No, it's going to be Outbreak. (laughs) We're going to watch Outbreak next week because the memes... Let's talk about some trailers in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! My voice is cracking all over the place today. I don't know why. Apparently, uh, I'm aging backwards from 30, which, uh, God fucking bless, if that's the case. Please also return my hairline age.
0: <laughs> Alright, first trailer is for Uncorked. Uh, yeah. This is... This is... a. Uh, movie about an African-American youth who uh, is figuring out what he wants to do in life and de- decides he wants to become a Somali-A uh, and his parents think he's trying to become a Somali pirate.
1: <laughs> that's a good joke, though. Uh,
0: it's it's a very good joke. The trailer's three minutes long.
1: Yes. So that that's automatically a problem in the first place is that the trailer is so long. Uh, this stars the guy who played Grandmaster Flash in The Get Down. And also, he was in Unicorn Store last year. Or, I guess, 2017. But, like... Oh, yeah. 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 And don't worry, I'll bring to you some revelations about some voice actors in Castlevania. When we talk about that. But, like... I I, I like the premise of this. Because it's like, okay, this guy wants to become a sommelier, but, like, his family owns a restaurant, and he doesn't really want to do that. He wants to become a sommelier. So it's like, do you, you know, continue this family legacy? Do you go off and do your own thing? And it's also about, like, uh, this is... uh, I'm probably not saying this right, and I might have to edit this out in, in post, but, like, it's about, like, black expectations. Like, sommelier sounds super white and it's like oh a black sommelier what the fuck is that and that's like the way that they were presenting it in the trailer
0: yeah i I definitely got that vibe because it's like oh you want to go and do french shit why
1: right so yeah uh I'm I'm actually interested in watching this, despite the fact that the trailer, like I don't think the trailer actually gives a lot away. Like it's it's very ambiguous, despite the fact that it's so long. But it's also so long.
0: Yeah, I don't know, and that's why, like, like after a minute of the trailer, I was like, "Oh, this looks good," and then like it just kept going for two more minutes, and I was like. I didn't need to see more. Just let the movie come out.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, we we talk about it every week, and it's not even just, like, Netflix. Like, Invisible Man has this problem, too, with the trailer that it goes on for too long and it reveals too much of the movie. So, like, I, I feel like Hollywood at this point is just like, eh, fuck it. People will watch our shit or they won't and we'll just make the trailers as long as possible like i don't i don't know I, I i don't understand the reasoning like you want people to watch your stuff like hide things you don't want to be yeah no. over explanatory as to your premise
0: yeah all right um next trailer is for altered carbon resleeved an animated movie in the universe of altered carbon uh it looks bad the next trailer is <laughs>
1: You're you're not wrong. This looks like fucking balls.
0: Yeah. It, it looks really bad. Um, but it's animated. People will watch it and but it's, but it's probably a, care about it.
1: It's that bullshit 3D style that I hate. Like like yeah. Ghost in the Shell, whatever the new one is that's coming out on Netflix. It's the exact same oh. style, written by the person who did Ghost in the Shell. Like I don't give a fuck. I like, I don't want to. watch Oh, believe this. me, it,
0: it it looks like penis. So. No, I I will not. No, watch uh, this. like if
1: it was two D, I would have thought about it, but like it looks like fucking anus, so yeah. fuck that.
0: Um, yeah, our third trailer is for a thing called Crip Camp. It's about a street gang who decides to reconnect with nature. Uh what? <laughs> the Crips. It's the.
1: Yeah, I know what you're going gang, for. Yeah. I I don't know if that's what you should be going for, though.
0: I mean, if South Park did it, I can. They had a fucking episode where they joked about the Crips.
1: Nah, I guess it's true.
0: It's not like there's a chapter near my house that they're gonna come and gun me f- down. If there's a in chapter in the, middle of the my of my Crips fucking and beauty Bloods near your <laughs> house,
1: I'd be so worried. It's like, wait, what's <laughs> happening in middle in middle Pennsylvania? What the fuck?
0: Yeah, I mean, we have all the drugs, just none of the street gangs. Well, you have meth.
1: You don't have all the drugs. You have meth.
0: We've got heroin and fentanyl.
1: Yeah, okay, sure.
0: We don't have crack. I mean, I'm sure it's available, but it's not a big thing.
1: (laughs) Uh, So this instead is about how there was uh, a, a summer camp for handicapped kids uh who were like in wheelchairs or like you know had to use like crutches or so- or stuff like that like i i don't really know like the nomenclature for handicapped uh uh devices but uh yeah. eventually they wanted to be treated like people uh because you know they're people so they uh, yeah. protested about it
0: Yeah um this actually looks really good it's it's a documentary about uh, basically, the civil rights movement as it pertains to uh, disabled people.
1: All right. Uh, and our final trailer is "How to Fix a Drug Scandal." It's a docu series about something.
0: Yeah. Um. Basically, it was two people who worked in a like a blood test lab for people who were suspected of drug crimes, mm-hmm. and uh, like they cross-contaminated people's samples. So, like, potentially there were wrongful convictions, because, like, they're fucking smoking meth in the fucking testing lab.
1: Okay. Uh... I guess I wasn't paying too hard of attention to that trailer, but okay, I did not realize that's what it was. Yep. That's it. Sure. I don't know why this has to be a docu-series, but okay. It it seems like a two-hour documentary would cover everything that needed to be covered, but... I guess you got to make your money.
0: Why does anything have to be anything? You're not wrong. Uh, and that's it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Dan, let's uh, hit each other quick. Quick hits. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, uh, during work, I rewatched all of Castlevania, uh, the, the first season and the second season, uh, the first season is still my favorite, uh, of the two, mainly because of how punchy it is. Like it's an hour and 20 minutes, roughly an hour and 30 mi- Like it's a feature length film, basically. Uh, and, and it was engaging mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, season two now knowing what, like having like twenty twenty hindsight on it. And knowing what to expect on it, I liked it more. That said, like it's still not as good because like it's int- it's just throwing a bunch of characters at you and being like, here, fucking care at them uh, about them, and you're just like, but I want Trevor, Alucard, Sypha, and Dracula. That's all I wanted. And you're like, all right, Carmilla, Hector, Isaac, uh, uh, and Godbrand exist, I guess. And like Isaac's still the best new character out of them, but like, it's w- it's whatever. So, yeah, like Castlevania, like, watch all of it it's like it's good, uh, then I watched one episode of Grace and Frankie. It's still a good show, uh, but I'm trying to watch other stuff too, as to not just monopolize Grace and Frankie on this like i don't I don't want this to become Damn, watch watches Grace and Frankie a segment, uh, so I also decided to watch it work as soon as I was done with Castlevania. I'm not okay with this. Uh, This is a newer Netflix original series. Uh, The episodes are anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes long. So that's like perfect for digesting at work because like I can watch for like five, 10 minutes, do something and then just, you know, go back to that. Uh, It's a really interesting aesthetic because like everything looks like it's out of the eighties, but it's set in modern day. And that's mainly because like this is set in, uh, Pennsylvania suburb. I I think it's a suburb of Pittsburgh that's like still centered around the the steel industry, which uh would then therefore make everything make sense because uh I lived in a suburb of Pittsburgh that was still centered around the the steel industry. Uh and that's exactly how my house looked and like how everything around me looked. So like I resonated with this. Uh I will say there is inner monologue. Uh not narration, but still inner monologue and it was still annoying. Uh but the way they're going about it is uh this girl has superpowers, uh and it's potentially like an eleven scenario, which like if you think about like the setting, you're thinking, oh, this is set in the eighties, so this is potentially set in the same universe as Stranger Things. And it might be, but like it's not set during the same time, so I I don't know what's going on with that. But regardless, uh it's fine. Like uh, I, I, I'm i going to keep giving it a shot as I work through the week and, and see if, you know, it's something worth watching. Like I said, it, it, so it's seven episodes. They're 20 to 30 minutes apiece. It's not going to take you very long to finish this thing if you decide you want to, like, focus all of your energy on it. Like, you could probably finish this in a night. So, like, I don't know. If teen drama bullshit seems like your kind of thing, go for it.
0: I probably won't because it isn't.
1: Uh, what about you, friend? What did you watch?
0: Uh, I watched some Star Trek TNG. There you go. Uh, welcome to Caleb watches Star Trek, a segment.
1: I don't have I don't have music for this. It's just it's just gonna be you saying that.
0: Yeah, I uh I will make a sound drop. I just I don't know what direction I want to take it in right now, but uh yeah I I'm two episodes away from finishing the first season.
1: There you go. So,
0: I feel like I uh, feel like I'm on a pretty good pace for it so far. I'm just kind of going through it at my own speed when I have time. But, uh, so I'll only talk about one episode this time, uh, which is episode 24 of season one, titled "We'll Always Have Paris." Um, so this is like it kind of gives some backstory on Picard. Mm-hmm. uh because he has a a chance encounter with um somebody that he had a date with that like he stood her up because instead he went and signed up for starfleet uh and like of course, Picard was a hundred percent like a career man and um like never. Never got married, never had kids, anything like that. He mm-hmm. just his life was serving Starfleet, so it was just an interesting uh like him looking at another way things could have gone and kind of reflecting on his choices. So Um A lot of uh a lot of poignant character moments. Uh also the plot of that episode is about like uh they're experiencing time skips. Because like the guy that this woman Picard stood up ended mm-hmm. up marrying is uh a research scientist who was like theorizing about and experimenting with nonlinear time. So like it's uh it's funny when you start watching the episode, like they'll repeat lines and shit and it's just like, wait, what the fuck? And then like they kind of realize that they're doing it and it kinda of goes from there. Hmm. Uh it's cool. It's a cool episode. It's a cool show.
1: Well, uh being that I'll be working home at home for uh three days a week, I will have plenty of time to watch things, so that might be on the list. Cool. Uh anything else? Or just just Star Trek?
0: That yeah, that was it. I um I don't know. I had a, a kind of a busy week. I I had to go down to Georgia, go down to Pittsburgh Fu- to oh. get training and stuff. So I was away most of the week.
1: Oh really? Uh, what part of Pittsburgh?
0: Uh, it's actually between Pittsburgh and Washington, out in the boonies. So
1: ooh 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 ooh.
0: Yeah. Ew. Yeah, I middle can't... of nowhere. And then I'm my fr- uh, and then my truck wouldn't start, which I found out was just. Like it, I just had a bad battery, but I was freaking out because I thought the alternator went. Mm. So that was fun.
1: Yeah, that part of uh, south of Pittsburgh is just ooh. There's a there's a store of your company by where I live, so I was like, oh, maybe it was there. Maybe he went there, but no. I'm sorry. Where I, I should have no, said actually, where I um, lived.
0: The uh, the place I went was the very first store they ever opened. So. Mm. It's still it's still an operation and uh they built our team headquarters up right around it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, all right, why don't we uh cut into a quick break and when we come back we'll hit you with our main review for the week, which is Castlevania season 3.
1: We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.
0: Welcome back, Dan. It's time to get into our main review of the week, Castlevania Season 3. Yes. Yes. So uh what do you think of this season overall? It it got kind of buck wild.
1: Um uh so we're going to so as you guys may have noticed we 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 are doing this a week late. Uh this is a new thing because of Caleb's work schedule, but uh so we're going to do like very brief spoiler thoughts and then go basically balls deep into the plot. So uh we'll let you know when spoilers happen, but that's the new thing, is whenever we do series, we're just going to do this kind of thing. We're going to take a week, we're going to watch it, and then we're going to go balls deep. Sure. Um. So I don't know if it was because I rewatched season two before this that I kind of had, like, renewed expectations. Because, like, season two was more, like, story and plot as opposed to, like, fun comedy action gore kind of stuff. I mean, there's still all of those elements that are in, you know, seasons two and three. But Mm -hmm. like this felt like it was less out of place in season two. And I think that's because, like I said, because of the fact that I rewatched it and it felt like, okay, this is more of a continuation of what they're doing from season two. Like they're trying to develop characters more.
0: This season's like the payoff of the stuff that they built in season two. You might recall I wasn't huge on season two. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was just so slow-paced, and whenever things did happen that were interesting, it seemed that they ended very abruptly. Right. Uh, I th- I feel that they made up for that with this season. Um, like, it, it definitely had a big payoff, and they really leaned hard into the adult nature of the show. Like, there's just tits and guts and blood and shit and ass everywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh so there are three main new voice actors for the show uh who had like significant roles uh uh one I will tell you who it, who it is not is uh Prior Sala. Uh he's uh, relatively at least unknown to me in terms of voice acting. Uh can you guess who the other three people are who I am speaking about?
0: Uh Saint Germain.
1: Saint Germain voiced by uh
0: uh Bill Nye, no shit. Yeah.
1: It, uh, Mr. Mewtwo himself. Huh. Yeah. I knew that immediately. Uh I was very proud of myself, but like I also have like that special power of knowing who someone is when they're doing voice acting for no reason.
0: Uh, uh, hit, hit me with the other ones here.
1: So we have uh the judge who was is Jason Isaacs, who uh, once I saw that it was Jason Isaacs, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's doing his Lucius Malfoy." That's what he's do- like. I I mainly know him from like the O.A., so he's doing an American accent, but he's doing his British accent here, so he's doing the Lucius Malfoy. Um, okay. And then it was there was somebody else. There was somebody else important. And I can't. I'm spacing on who it was right now. Lenore. No, it was not Lenore. It was another male. Like there was another. Oh. It was the captain. Mm. The captain voiced by Lance Reddick doing a Jamaican accent. Oh,
0: yeah. Dude, the captain was great.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the captain only in two episodes, but uh, I hope he comes back because I love Lance Reddick. But, like, yeah. So, um, are you ready to talk about the the actual plot points of of the show? Because,
0: boy, are they fucking crazy. So, the overall plot Involves uh like basically there's there's a couple different stories going on yeah, in there's, different places I think but there's uh
1: four at a time.
0: Yeah, uh so Cypher and uh Trevor Belmont are just kind of adventuring across the countryside, uh slaying monsters and they end up going to um oh uh, what's the fucking name of the town? Uh Lindenfeld. Yes. Like most of their story takes place in this town called Lindenfeld where there's uh, a real cool mystery happening that they have to unravel. Um, (laughs) at the same time, Alucard is, uh, he had sworn to guard the ruins of the Belmont estate and Dracula's castle. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he's basically going fucking crazy from loneliness. Yep. Uh. And a few would-be vampire hunters uh, happen by looking for him, actually, to uh, train them to become, like, master vampire hunters. Uh, And that's his story in broad strokes. Um, With the power vacuum that was created by Dracula's death, there are four female vampires who are working together to forge their own empire. Mm Mm-hmm uh and they decide they're going to basically claim a swath of land uh close in the borders and rule it with an iron fist while like basically using the humans that live there as cattle to feed off of yep uh and finally we've got Isaac the forge master who was uh a human who worked for Dracula uh because only human magic is capable of raising the dead as night creatures um and he's kind of i don't I don't know what his end goal is but uh he's like raising an army and trying to figure out what he wants to do and fucking up uh evil wizards and stuff
1: Right. Well, with him, it seems like he he shared Dracula's goal of wiping out humanity because of just like the way he 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 was treated, right? Like that that was his backstory. Is like he's been treated like shit his entire life. Uh so he's just like, yeah, fuck humanity. They're they're yeah. monsters. All, like, all they're humans and garbage, than, and they all must die. Yeah, like they're more monsters than the night creatures that I create. So like. Yep. Yeah, so that that seems to be his end goal. Although they they play with that a bit in this season, with with like giving him, I guess like there there are human characters that kind of are like okay these are like uh, not fully redeemable, but like are they really evil people? Like should they be removed from the earth because it's like they're they're just they're just there trying to live their lives? Like is is that how that should work for them?
0: Yeah, I actually liked his story a lot.
1: Yeah, I Isaac is probably my favorite character going on right now. Like I loved him a lot in season two, but and now watching his story grow even further in season three and kind of seeing like his convictions get shaken. Uh I, I thought that was super interesting.
0: Yeah. Hector's really good too. It's just that Hector, who is the other Forge Master, like uh his story is just like a study on like the depths of suffering <laughs>
1: yes, oh my god, like uh that that dude that dude, I mean he kind of deserves it for the way he betrayed Dracula in season two, but like the way he, that that guy gets treated throughout this season is uh kind of insane. Damn. let me just play the ending for you no, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. And no, no, like, no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but
0: the ending is awesome. So, if I could Brothers just play the bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. no, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, the fucker, You always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to Okay, see
1: you see it. sound like a crazy person right now. Yeah. But he's also kind of an idiot. So so like he brings it on himself, too.
0: Yeah. Uh You should never swear your undying Loyalty to somebody while you're inside them. (laughs) Yeah, save save that for after you nut, and then analyze it and decide if that's what where you want to go. Yeah,
1: right. Like not not mid you don't mid stroke be like I I'm loyal to you forever. (laughs) Fucking idiot. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Um. What episode was that? Number nine. Nine, nine. was the
1: most bonkers episode I I think I've ever seen of any television show ever.
0: And that's what Vanessa watched all this because I was away at that training thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa like fucking marathoned it. And then I watched most of it while I was down there and then uh, caught the last couple episodes after I came back. So she actually watched that one with me and she was like, yeah, this this episode is called fucking and fightin'. And I was like, wait, is it really? It, and she was like, no, but it might as well be. It, cause that's it might like, as well be. that It's just like hard cuts from like uh, close-ups on nipples and like people th- fucking sucking on each other's necks and shit. Uh, hard cut to like a man being disemboweled. <laughs> <And> like,
1: <laughs> I mean like uh, like it is big titty anime girls the the episode uh, as well as like fighting anime so it's like that perfect blend of like weeb weeb shit that you would see Yeah.
0: and uh i mean it's it's also a fucking great episode like oh, yes. it's the highest it's the highest rated episode of the show on IMDb for a good reason
1: it's, it's just it's just like a visual assault in a good yeah. way, because it's like fucking and fighting. Like Vanessa said, fucking and fighting. And that's all the episode, and, like, and it's wonderful.
0: It's It's amazing that they were able to pull that off and have that much different stuff going on all at the same time and for it not to just be a complete fucking mess.
1: Right. Well, okay, before we get too far ahead in this, I want to talk about... The most important the two most important things in this season, and they both come from the Trevor Seipha story, and it is that one, we have a Dracula cult, and two, we get some cosmic horror shit which are like Oh yeah. The top tier Dan loves this shit.
0: Yeah, there's a fucking like the Priory in Lindenfeld uh gets broken into by a gigantic night creature. And they're like, oh, the, you know, it, it like ran off or it got killed in there or something. But like, uh, that's the mystery that they unravel little by little. Mm -hmm. Um, but like it, this thing never left. It's still in there. And like the fucking people are, uh, like the former priests and monks and stuff are, um, like helping it with these, uh, like, it's its own, like, devious ends, which basically it's, uh, they're harvesting the souls of the town mm-hmm. and using that to open, uh,
1: the infinite corridor. Por-
0: yeah, the infinite corridor, which is, uh, there's a lot of, like, things, um, like big magic stuff in this season, like magic mirrors and shit that, and, like, alchemy and stuff. But uh basically the infinite corridor is like a a door to anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to open up a portal to hell to bring uh Dracula and his wife back. Uh Yes. And that almost happens. That
1: almost happens. You know, this felt exactly like of Call of Cthulhu campaign. Like Call of Cthulhu yes. tabletop. And I was all about this storyline, like, if this season was entirely just that storyline, I would have been fucking there for it, like, all the other ones are good, uh, with, like, the exception, uh, the exception of the, the resolution, and, like, climax, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, lol, uh, of Alucard's storyline, which, like, we'll get to here in a bit, but, like, I, I I wanted this story, like, the, the the cosmic horror, Dracula cult, Call of Cthulhu campaign more than anything else.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, like, this season made me want to watch the entire show again.
1: I recommend it. Like, the first season is, like, like I said, it's so yeah. punchy, and, like, that's the big knock against the season is how non punch like, it's still punchy a bit, but, like, it doesn't it doesn't have like that like real like get up and go attitude that the first season did yeah like, it's
0: it's more of a slow burn, but like like I said the main plot of it is like this uh slow unraveling of a mystery which like um like that pacing really benefits that,
1: yeah well right like especially like the trevor cypher storyline yes like it it needs to just like. The way the way Call of Cthulhu the campaigns are is like, all right, we're slowly building, slowly building until like you get this like giant explosion of a realization, and then like that's when the final boss fight happens. Like that's that's where it's like, okay, you could die, or it's like, uh, you you know, like it's the big all out drag out fight between you and the cosmic horror entity that you gotta you you gotta put down in Man. order to solve this problem. All right, so let's talk about my second favorite story, which is Isaac. And basically like his character motivation from like humans are awful and the worst to like kind of waffling on like what his opinion is on them.
0: Yeah, because the captain uh during their their sea crossing is like, "Hey, listen, you make demon creatures out of dead people. That's pretty cool, but like what if instead of just killing all the humans?" You used your powers and considerable talents to uh, lead them and teach them to not be such wicked pieces of shit. Right. To which Isaac replies, huh.
1: Well, and even like in his first episode, because we don't get Isaac until the second episode, which I thought was interesting. Like we got everyone else's storyline, but then they spend like 15 minutes on Isaac, which I appreciated. Like they just gave us uninterrupted Isaac. And they're just like, all right, he's going to talk to this to this guy in a get, in, in a curio stand, basically, and and the guy is going to do like a a, a a nice gift of kindness for him, and then you know he's going to be immediately confronted by people that just want him to fuck off. Yeah. So you get that like that juxtaposition of like what humanity really can be. Like you have the far extreme of niceness to the far extreme of you know assholishness.
0: Of buying all the fucking toilet paper.
1: Yes. See, Isaac would fuck up all those people buying all the toilet paper.
0: Yeah. Because night creatures don't poop. And if they do, they'll just fucking do it wherever they want.
1: Yeah, right. So, yeah, like, he didn't, like, he, I think his portion of the ninth episode was probably the most visually impressive because... There's this fucking magician in this town he's trying to take over in order to have a, a, an army of night creatures to take, o- to take over Styria and just kill everyone in Styria. But, like, uh, the magician winds up, like, forming a ball of humans and just starts flinging them like they're artillery shells.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing.
1: Oh, my God. It was so good. I, I, I just, like, his was, like, like, it was the most impressive visually in, in that ninth episode, which is just, like. As Vanessa said, fucking and fighting.
0: Oh man, um, I don't know. I don't know how many more details I want to go into. Um, I enjoyed the character of the judge.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, he is the
0: he is the leader of Lindenfeld. Um, which like he always kind of comes across as a prick. Um, and at the end of it, you find out that like. He's an even bigger prick than you could have imagined and it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with leaving that vague uh mainly because like it, it's it's kind of like a throw in. Like, like it's just to be yeah. like hey, you think like yeah, we're we're showing that people are good and they want to protect st- stuff, but there's also like that thing behind them that like is irredeemable and evil about them. And I won't go further than that. But like that's what that judge character represents is like it seems yeah. like he's using his power for, for good and like wanting to be just in, in this town, but then all of a sudden you realize, oh no, he's just a giant piece of shit.
0: Alright. Uh I want to talk about real quick. Speak speak your piece here, and then uh we'll we'll raid it and be done.
1: The Alucard storyline. So he gets the two Japanese vampire hunters, or wannabe vampire hunters, and then the ninth episode hits. Yeah. And they're fucking because, you know, fucking and fighting. Uh, they're fucking. And
0: all yeah, of a sudden... threesome they're just with like, Japanese twins.
1: All of a sudden they're like, all right, we want twins, to kill Alucard. Basil,
0: twins,
1: I, I, I never really understood their motivation behind that.
0: They built up to it, but not well. Yes. They thought that um, Alucard was holding something back from them like, some piece of magic or knowledge that they needed to kill all the vampires and stuff. And they thought that, like, Alucard was lying that the castle couldn't be moved. Uh, so basically, they wanted to kill him and take over the castle. That's really all it was? That's really all it was. That's
1: so fucking dumb.
0: Yeah. Because like, then like all the all the knowledge and all the artifacts and everything in the castle itself would all be, you know, theirs to do whatever they wanted with. Mm-hmm.
1: That's nah, that's that's a dumb resolution of that storyline.
0: Well, they were dumb characters.
1: I I didn't mind them as characters because like it gave Alucard something to do. And, but like really all it comes down to is like he's just as big of like he can be he feels like he's just as big of a monster as his father is. But like yeah. in reality we know what it really was. Like he's not a monster. He just killed them because he needed to live. He's trying to live. You know, like he, he puts them on spikes at the end because it's like, yeah, fuck it. It's something my dad did, so
0: Yeah. Eh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, hey, fuck it. I I could have put up a sign like stay out, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Yeah. But uh, you know, this works fine. It was good enough for dear old dad.
1: Yeah. And then Hector, real quick with Hector, uh, you know, mid vinegar strokes. With uh, Lenore, uh, sign, signs away his, his his freedom forever, becomes a slave to Lenore, and therefore the rest of the four vampires, or the rest of, yeah, the rest of the four yeah. vampires.
0: and And by extension, all of the night creatures that he forges are going to serve them.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I feel bad for Hector, but he also knew that she was fucking up to something as soon as she first sat down. So, like, it's it's his own stupid fault for the situation he got himself into?
0: Yeah. He should have uh, taken the opportunity to fucking, I don't know, strangle her or something instead of fucking giving away his freedom. I don't know. I really thought at the end of it where they were kind of walking along the parapets of the castle or whatever, uh, that, like, he was just going to fucking swan dive off.
1: Yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, he's he's like eh. he's an idiot. That's really all it comes down to is Hector's an idiot.
0: Yeah. Um, all of his problems are of his own design. Yes. Okay. Uh, what would you rate this bad boy?
1: This is the part I was dreading because, like, I like it. I like a lot of elements to it. Uh, like you said, it is a slow burn, uh, and the payoff in episodes nine and ten are fucking incredible uh especially with the the sypha trevor fight versus like all the demons from hell uh in episode 10 uh so it's like it's like borderline great this season like it, yeah. it, I, I don't think it's as good as season one but it it's a step above season two
0: if it makes it any easier for you i'll go first um i i was really let down by season two i thought that this bounced back really hard uh huh. So I give it a little extra credit for that, and uh, I love a good mystery. So I'm actually gonna say four and a half. I
1: think I'm gonna say three and a half. Like it's borderline great this season. Uh, I I just think it missteps at a very important time. Like it, like the Alucard storyline needed to be resolved a little bit better than what it was.
0: Do you feel like the Alucard storyline was like? intentionally held back so that the other stories could go through their stuff because Alucard had less to do, but we wanted the climaxes all at the same time.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Like, it just felt like those, the the two Japanese vampire hunters were underdeveloped to the point where like, it never felt like what they were doing was earned. Like when Hector and Lenore are fucking, that felt earned because Lenore knew what she was doing uh the fight between the priory trevor and cypha that one felt earned because we've been building to that i never felt like with the Alucard story we were ever building to a a threesome and b them trying to huh. kill Alucard.
0: yeah whenever whenever that was happening like uh there's a moment where they were all fucking getting it on And like they, like the two, uh, people just looked at each other in a weird way, and I was like, "Oh fuck, they're gonna, they're gonna basic instinct his ass."
1: And they played the first thing that came to their head, just so (laughs) happened to be the best fucking in the world. At least Alucard got fucked before he killed them. Yeah, there's that. So good for you, Alucard. Real proud of you.
0: Uh. While I was, uh, reading stuff about this show, I found out the word for the type of mythical creature that Alucard is. It's a dompier, a, a human-vampire hybrid.
1: Uh, D-O-M-P-H-Y-R?
0: Uh, it's actually D-H-A-M-P-I-R.
1: Well, that's interesting. Okay.
0: So now that's something that you know.
1: Ch- uh, sure so uh hey with, with with that we're gonna cut into a, a quick break and when we come back from that break we're gonna talk about a, a patreon review for tremors
0: the netflix and swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons gerald from two P's on the podcast nick and justin from the epic film guys podcast paul from the countdown movie and tv reviews podcast the imdb journey podcast julio from the contrarians podcast Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Rosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back. Dan, there's a whole lot of shaking going on this week in our patron review segment.
1: Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean... If we watched terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patreon review segment.
0: Uh, I'm done making earthquake puns. We watched Tremors.
1: We sure did.
0: Tremors is rated 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it is a comedy horror from 1990. Uh, the logline is, natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. This is directed by Ron Underwood and stars Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, and Finn Carter. Dan, what did you think of Tremors?
1: Uh, well, first and foremost, I thought Prosperity was an ironic town name, uh, considering that it's like 14 people. It
0: was, uh... Perfection. Oh, perfection.
1: Okay. Well, r- regardless, yeah. it's still an ironic town name, uh, considering you know the 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 limited population and how shitty the place looks.
0: Yeah, how, how it's a shithole. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but regardless, uh, I had fun. You know, it, it's nothing more yeah. than like a fun throwaway movie, uh, like it, it, Kevin Bacon and and Fred Ward are just fucking going nuts, like ha- having having a having a fun time with with their characters in the movie and. You just know? hamming it up. Yeah. The practical effects are good, too. I like the I like the way the graboids look. I was like, oh, man, this looks like a, Sta- a Stan Winston movie, but uh, I couldn't find any proof that yeah. it was Stan Winston.
0: Uh, I really like Michael Gross as Burt Gummer. He's a fucking treasure. He's like the survivalist. Uh, he's just like ready to blow these things away. Um. I don't know, I lo- I love a creature feature, the puppet effects are neat, Um, you know, it's nothing that you have to take too seriously, it's just a romp, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it's, I, I put it in the same category as, like, gremlins, or like, uh, I don't know, shit like that.
1: Yeah, no, like, you're not watching this for high art, you're watching this for entertainment, and that's fine.
0: And uh, you know, it was fucking successful enough to spawn like seven more fucking Tremors movies, Jesus. I think there's six.
1: Uh that sounds right. I think the most recent one was 2018. And they're all basically been like directed videos since yeah. this one.
0: Um so there's Tremors 2 Aftershocks, there's Tremors 3 Back to Perfection, Tremors 4, The Legend Begins which is a prequel, uh, Tremors 5 Bloodlines, and then Tremors A Cold Day in Hell. Okay. I think all of them are on Netflix. I kind of want to do all of them uh, for a topic some week.
1: Sure? Me?
0: This could be the new Sharknado.
1: I don't know about that, because at least the first movie was fun and good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and fucking Burt Gummer is like the hero in all the rest of them, I think, because mm. uh, as it turns out, Michael Gross's career didn't exactly take off after this. Yeah,
1: he, he wasn't exactly Kevin Bacon, which like, incidentally, this was only the second Kevin Bacon movie I've ever seen.
0: What was the first?
1: X-Men First Class.
0: Uh, he was in that, yeah.
1: I liked him a lot in that movie.
0: Let's see. Uh, so you've never seen Friday the Thirteenth? No. Hmm. I don't know. Footloose is the one everybody also gives never gives a that shit one. about. I guess I've never, I've never seen that. Yeah. Never seen Hollow Man. Um, I might have caught part of Hollow
1: Man on TV, but that was about it.
0: Uh, let's see fucking 94 movies Kevin Bacon's been in which is oh, bless which
1: is weird because like when you think of Kevin Bacon you think of the 6 degrees of Kevin Bacon so like you're like oh yeah. f- he's been in like tons of movies like he's done like a, a Danny Trejo career or an Eric Roberts career
0: yeah he was in a TV show called I Love Dick sure uh he played the titular character Dick and uh presumably his wife was Lavina Dick <laughs> <laughs> oh oh uh, you've seen Super haven't you with Rain Wilson
1: oh was he in that
0: yeah he's the bad guy in Super okay I've
1: seen three Kevin Bacon movies and I fucking hate that one
0: uh, have you seen Frost Nixon no okay Trying to think of other Kevin Bacon shit. It's not important. Uh, what else do you want to talk about with this movie? It's it's creatures. They burrow underground. Yeah, like, um, uh, 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 people fight them. Some of them get eaten.
1: Yeah, like I mean, Riva McIntyre's in this movie. She plays a, a gun nut. Uh, and those yeah, are like the most fun she does. characters because they're just yep. like. They have this wall of guns and, like, a graboid breaks through their wall and they just fucking unload fucking shells and shells and shells into the graboid until they finally fucking kill it with a grenade. (laughs) Uh,
0: real quick. Have you seen Apollo 13? No. Wow. Okay. Like like he's in that.
1: I haven't seen any Kevin Bacon movies aside from, like, Super, which is, like, very off the wall, and no one's really ever heard of, uh, unless you're like super familiar with James Gunn or yeah. X Men: Days of Future Past, or not Days of Future Past, First Class, which is like maybe his most commercially relevant movie of the modern times.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, you should check out Apollo 13 if you get a chance. It's I haven't seen it in many years, but it's uh it's a cool story, and Tom Hanks is in it.
1: He has coronavirus. He does. He's infected. He might. That means he
0: has the virus. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He was in Forrest Gump. He is a movie star. I know. He is an actor. (laughs) He acts in movies.
1: Oh man.
0: Uh, Tom Cruise, don't die. You're a treasure.
1: Tom Hanks, don't die. You're a treasure. Tom. Tom Cruise too. Tom, Tom Cruise too. I need more Mission Impossible
0: movies. God, maybe, uh, maybe I've had too much corona.
1: Uh, Good
0: news, though, I have Clorox disinfecting wipes next to me. I can uh, eat them to <laughs> d- destroy the corona that I've consumed.
1: Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say about this movie?
0: It's fine. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah. I, I had quite a bit of fun. Uh, what would you give it? Like I said, it's 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 a romp. It's a uh, a perfectly serviceable film. Uh, I don't know. I'd give it like, let's call it three. I liked the puppet effects.
1: Yeah, I will also go three. I had fun, I, and I wasn't expecting too much out of it. I just ex- expected fun, and I got fun. So, hooray!
0: Um assuming that we survive and live to uh do another show with the pandemic um we're going to watch outbreak for next week
1: sure are uh
0: um was it, was it Dennis Hopper
1: uh i don't think so this is a 1995 movie which, like, yeah, don't get on Dustin us.
0: Hoffman is in it. Uh, Dustin, it's Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo. I
1: think Morgan Freeman.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. I'm sorry. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this. I think Morgan Freeman Cuba. is also in it, but there we go.
0: Uh-oh. Kevin Spacey's in it.
1: Yeah. And eh, we'll get over it. I believe in us. We'll look past it. All
0: right. Uh, and on the back of that, we're going to be doing a dick pick.
1: Dick pick.
0: So, uh, what's your word? What's your what's your pick, buddy?
1: So my word was decay. Uh, and there were many things that came up first, but uh, I decided to pick a Netflix original movie called The Influence. Back in her childhood home to help her sister care for their comatose mother. Alicia must face a dark force from her past that now threatens her child. Uh, this is a Spanish horror movie.
0: Okay. Uh my word was pray, as in uh thing that I don't do. Um and my pick is Hunter's Prayer. Uh this is a forceful, gritty action thriller. Uh, starring Sam Worthington okay. in Odea, Odea Rush.
1: Oh, I fucking hate you. Uh, <laughs> as soon as that fucking popped up, I was like, oh, there's Sam Worthington. Great. Exactly uh, what we need for this um,
0: show. A hired gun has second thoughts when he's contracted to kill a teenage girl whose father's shady business dealings put her life in danger. Um, So, guess what we're watching next week?
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be this.
0: Uh, th- thank you, voters. Um, Dan, tell him stuff. Uh,
1: So this is the part where I would tell you to contribute to us on Patreon. However, uh, Caleb and I have decided that due to the corona outbreak that we're not going to ask for Patreon subscribers uh, for the month of April, Uh, mainly because we're uh pausing the Patreon billing subscription thing for 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 April just to make sure everyone has like as much as they can to, you know,
0: buy toilet paper,
1: buy toilet paper. Exactly. You know, you got guys nah. selling toilet paper on, on Amazon for 70 bucks. You, you got to save every little penny on that. So.
0: Is uh, that fucking for real?
1: Uh, the hand sanitizer guy definitely was, yes.
0: Did you hear about the guy that made his own homemade hand sanitizer and gave people chemical burns?
1: No. But that sounds like something that would have happened in your area.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know where that was, but. Yeah, it sounds like some some sort of dumb fucking redneck would do that. Yeah. Uh
1: but like if if you want to support the show, you can follow us on all the socials, uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh I'm going to start posting episodes to YouTube again, so if you want to listen to us on YouTube, you can. Uh and you know, instead of giving us money for Patreon, if you like us, uh instead go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a, a rating and review. Cuz uh, that that's is actually somewhat more important than than giving money in the, in this in this time when when you need money most. Uh check out Netflix and Swill dot com, all that stuff. So yeah, that's it. Listen to our show. Alright.
0: Uh well, until next week, this is Caleb saying it don't be like disturbed and get down with the sickness. Oh, ah!